Imagine a world where innovation knows no bounds. At BAE Systems Fast Labs, we're pioneering advanced technology and defense research, shaping the future of safety and security. Explore our website to uncover a realm of cutting-edge projects, collaborations, and visionary thinkers. Whether you're a tech enthusiast, a defender of freedom, or just curious, Fast Labs is where groundbreaking solutions are born. Join us and be part of the future today. Visit www.baesystems.com slash fastlabs. Welcome to From the Crow's Nest, a podcast on electromagnetic spectrum operations, or EMSO. I'm your host, Ken Miller, Director of Advocacy and Outreach for the Association of Old Crows. Thanks for listening. We are here at AOC 2021 in Washington, D.C. for the Association of Old Crows 58th Annual International Symposium and Convention. Each morning, we are going to come to you with a special morning brew episode to talk about what's on tap for the day. And then throughout the day, we're going to release a number of episodes as I sit down with some of our keynote speakers and session speakers. From the Crow's Nest is a great way to stay on top of the discussion here this week, especially if you cannot attend. But if you are in the local area in Washington, D.C., the registration to the exhibit hall and to our general session is free. So please come on down over your lunch break or when you have some time during the day and, and check us out here. Um, but if you cannot, again, you subscribe and tune into our podcast on a daily basis. We'll have several episodes coming out each and every day. Uh, before I begin today's episode, I want to thank our sponsor, Mercury Systems, for sponsoring all the episodes today. Mercury is a leader in making trusted, secure, mission-critical technologies profoundly more accessible to aerospace and defense. You can learn more at mrcy.com. So to, so to begin, I want to introduce my first guest on from the crow's nest here at AOC 2021. He is retired U.S. Air Force Colonel Jim Pryor, call sign Hook. He is a member of the AOC Board of Directors. Uh, he is also the chairman of the AOC convention here today. Uh, we had him on the show a couple weeks ago to talk about the theme, and I wanted to kick, it, kick off uh, our convention special with him, bringing him back on to talk a little bit about what's on tap for the day and for the week in general. So welcome, Colonel Pryor. Great to have you on the show. Thanks, Ken. It's good to be here. So as I mentioned, you were here a, a, a few weeks ago and talking about the theme, but uh, in case we have some first-time listeners here tuning in, so I wanted to go back and ask you kind of to cover the theme again. The theme, of course, is all domain operations, uh, integrating effects across the spectrum. So for our listeners who may have missed that first uh, episode with you, uh, can you tell us a little bit about what this means generally and what you hope to accomplish across the, the three days here? Sure. Um, before I go into that, though, let's... Uh Let's talk about kind of the elephant in the room, and that is the fact that we're actually all here together again, face to face for the national symposium. And I think that's a that's a testament to the association itself to basically stay focused, get the community together, and start uh, um, and and have these critical discussions about. Uh, things like all domain operations. So it's great to be here. It, it is. And we had our welcome reception last night and we kind of got things kicked off and it was great to have everyone, everybody back in basically one room. Um, but uh, we have over, I think we have about 1,700, 1,800 registered people coming out this week. Um, and we expect a few hundred more, obviously, you know, walk in. So it's, it's great that everyone is coming back in kind of the, the full numbers, even pre, uh, pre-COVID. So yeah. it's good to see everyone here. It is. It's great. Um, and so, uh, so this uh, this uh, theme for this particular um, uh, session or this uh, symposium really has been kind of almost two years in the making now since we weren't able to host the uh, symposium last year. And so, uh, 
We decided to leave the session as a, as a all-domain operations because I think what we start to see in the world today is the, the uh, evolution of the electromagnetic spectrum as a foundational um, or cross-cutting uh, portion to um, tie to, simultaneously tie together and enable all of the uh, all of the domains air sea space and cyber um, uh, and to actually the only and I will step out and maybe be a little bit doctrinally incorrect and call the spectrum electromagnetic spectrum its own domain but as a critical enabling domain to the other domains and so the purpose of this symposium was to bring out those facts and to also um, draw parallels not just at the strategic and policy level but also show what's happening at the lowest levels at the program manager level at the um, research and development level right and what the tactical applications of those are out in the field as far as the military applications but also bring in some of the legislative um, uh, discussions and some of the commercial and industrial portions uh, that are impacted by the spectrum as well. So it's an all-encompassing uh, symposium. And, and one of the topics that's going to come up, you know, of course, throughout the week is this notion of leadership in DOD and the military services. When it when we talk about all domain, we have to get the leaders all pointed in the right direction, using the same message, and that's not an easy task. And particularly for our community, that's why it's so important, I think, to be here all together in, in person because we have all the leaders in the room. We can start to really drive that message home a little bit better. That's right. And today we're going to start off with uh, Heidi Shu, who, of course, is uh, current undersecretary of defense, right? And her previous experience is the ASALT. Um, she is a critical enabler in driving that change. Um, and then after her um, keynote um session, I think uh, we have uh, General uh, Sevy Wilson, right, who retired recently as the Vice Chief of Staff of the Air Force, uh, having served as the longest um, Vice Chief in Air Force history. I've known Sevy uh, and had the opportunity to fly with him, too. And, and Sevy not only has been a great leader in this domain, but also um, is a uh, tactical, uh, was a tactical leader, right, I, at, at one time. And he brought all of that warfighter experience up into the staff. And, um, and and he was he was actually here. Uh, I think it was three years ago or mm -hmm. four years ago. And he and that, and that basically marked marked the launch of U.S. Air Force efforts on uh, what they call ECCT, uh, an enterprise uh, capability uh, collaboration capa teams. Yes. Yep. And, and that and that we're still seeing the effects of that effort today that we'll be talking about later in the show. But. Um, he was very instrumental in getting that going a few years ago. Yeah, and so he's been a shaker and a mover, and I think uh, I'm going to steal one of his uh, bylines from um, a few years ago and also something that he said way back to when we were, um, when I was a, a captain and he was a lieutenant colonel and we were flying together was the speed of relevance, right, is important. And it is especially important in this electromagnetic spectrum um, world, right, the MSO for the operational side as well as, again, the industrial side, the commercial side, the international side, the speed of relevance um, becomes more and more critical to success and in the um, integration of not only just materiel, um, applications, but also policy and theory in the application of the electro inside the electromagnetic spectrum. So it's great to have Sevi come back and uh, and talk again. Um, and then and I the, think, go ahead. Well, and then, and then after the keynote sessions, we actually have two of our first breakout sessions. We have mm -hmm. breakout sessions all week, right? Uh, but the first two are this afternoon, and, and one is on AI and autonomy. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, and then the other one is, of course, the detailing kind of the 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 developments of the new Air Force Spectrum Warfare Wing. Right. So uh, could you tell us a little bit about why these are two of the important sessions that we have up front mm-hmm. uh, versus, you know, later in the week? Why? Yeah, so I'll address the latter first, right? So the, uh, the, the Spectrum Wing, right, that the Air Force has put in place, um, you know, that's a, that, that is a direct, um, a direct result of some of those ECCTs that we talked about, the collaboration teams, and some of the work that I believe General Wilson was critical to back in when he was still the vice chief, right? And that was the recognition by the Air Force that um, uh, the growing need and um, uh, requirements to establish a focused effort towards um, uh, success in the electromagnetic spectrum, right? And so that I'm I'm really glad that um, uh, Dollar Bill Young is going to be here to talk uh, today, and I'm really looking forward to what he has to say and how much progress the Air Force has made in the Spectrum Wing. And I'm going to be able to sit down with him later this afternoon, so for our listeners, there will be a special uh, From the Christmas episode coming out uh, late this afternoon, early this evening, uh, with that interview with uh, Dollar Young, Colonel Dollar Young, um, and we'll get into a little bit more detail in that session for sure. Awesome. So um, the other part is the AI and autonomy. And so tying into that speed of uh, relevance, right, is is the need for AI and autonomy. And um, the fact that I believe we've learned over the last several years is that a lot of our um, intelligence systems and our gathering systems, as far as the military side is concerned, can gather more information faster Right, then we can possibly we can possibly uh, process at any one time, and that we also need the ability to process at the edge of the battlefield. Right, and I know this is a very strictly military application, but that AI, AI um, artificial intelligence, and the autonomy portion all become critical enablers to the material assets that are out to help um, uh, dominate in that electromagnetic spectrum. Um, I'll call it the, the contested areas. And so um, um, in addition to that particular topic, that particular topic is going to be uh, presented by a group of young crows. And so um, that ties into another focus effort that I know you're aware of with AOC, which is, um, you know, grow the association, right? The association has grown every year, and um, this is uh, uh, an effort to to show that um, the electromagnetic spectrum is a young and burgeoning um, area and to include more um, of the uh, younger uh, portion of the association in what has traditionally been um, kind of more of a uh, industrial uh, um, and uh, older uh, portion of our association, right? Get the young and young crows more involved get their topics out in front because they are the leaders of the future. Yeah, and it's great that they have this session. And then actually on Wednesday, uh, we are having a group of young engineers from NAS uh, Patuxent River, Mm -hmm. uh, NAVAIR, coming up uh, to spend the day with us. And so I'll be sitting down with them um, as well tomorrow, but we'll be able to really start to talk to some of these groups of young engineers out there that are really kind of on the leading edge of with uh, developing the next generation of capabilities for our, our military services out there, so it's great. Right, and that, and then you know and that's a critical part, right? A lot of these uh, technical efforts that are just starting to hit the um, hit the world today, multifunction apertures, uh, multifunction processors, those type of things, right? Or these young engineers are the ones that are leading the charge on those capabilities, which are um, critical enablers to 
the um, the all domain operations. Yeah, and 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 their ability to really drive that that development of technology is going to actually push DoD to uh, adapt their organizations and processes to make sure that they can bring that technology to the to, to the warfighter to the field a lot faster. And of course, AI is going to be a huge piece of that uh, moving forward. Absolutely. Um, so, so one last question here. Um, we touched on it at, at the beginning, um, you know, but we're back here in person. So, um, you know, we're here in Washington D.C. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but if you're not registered yet for this convention, you know, shame on you. I mean, you 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 can still register for the convention, you but can. Uh, um, particularly if you're in the local area, it's very easy to come down here. So we have a couple hours. Uh, so we have. The rest of the day, Wednesday and Thursday, you can come down um, and, and view the exhibit floor. We have over 100 exhibitors uh, from primes down to the small businesses here. Um, what are some other uh, the highlights? That if, if, if you're coming here just to uh, for a few hours during the day, uh, what are some of the other highlights that you can capture uh, by visiting our, our, our show here this week? So I think, um, um, I think the, the highlight of this show is really... Um, of course, the large primes are here, right? L3 Harris is the um, is the large sponsor for this, uh, with several other um, sponsors. But I think one of the most critical things to see is some of the the growth in the small business area inside this uh, um, this space, right? In the electromagnetic spectrum, it kind of ties back into what we were saying before, right? The young engineers are the ones that are kind of driving this. Small business innovation is also driving a lot of changes here. So I think um, it's certainly valuable to come down here, especially if you are, if you are in the D.C. area as part of your your job, right? Um, to come out here and see some of the smaller um, businesses that are really propping up that growth in the electromagnetic spectrum area. Um, but we also have plenty of uh, speakers, right? We have some highlighted areas that uh, that we'll talk about throughout the week. Um, and we're trying to hit the, the big topics, right? 5G, how does that how does that apply, right? How does that technology focus us on the future? And then I think one of the most um, important ones that we're going to have is later in the in the week is a full session on models-based systems engineering, right? And that, um, that again, is a driver. Speed of relevance, right? How fast can I adapt and um, uh, overcome uh, challenges in the spectrum, right? And get those out into the field or get them deployed into industry or out for the, the common user. So those are those are three of the things that I think are really important to come out here and see. See the small businesses, come listen to our presentations on 5G and also on uh, models-based systems engineering. Great. Well, I know that you have to actually get to the main stage here and kick off the the, the, the the show this week, so I'll, I'll let you go. But I do want to thank you for taking a few minutes before everything begins to sit down here and, and, and uh, talk a little bit about what to expect this week. Thanks Great. for coming on again. Thanks, Ken. Appreciate it. All right, my next guest on Morning Brew here at AOC 2021 is Mr. Roger Hosking. He is vice president and co-founder of Pentec, now part of Mercury. He is uh, responsible for new product definition, technology development, and strategic alliances. And uh, we had him on the show uh, a few months ago talking about uh, this this uh, sensor open systems architecture initiative, SOSA, and we'll get to that a little bit. But uh, welcome to From the Crow's Nest once again, Roger. It's great to have you on the show. 
Ken, it's great to be here. Thank you. So uh, I first want to, again, reiterate my appreciation for Mercury for sponsoring all of the episodes today. Um, and we really appreciate your support. We can't do it without uh, the support of industry. So thank you for, for doing that. And uh, you're here on the show, uh, on the show floor. Um, could you tell us a little bit about Mercury? Uh, obviously, Mercury Systems, obviously, from your perch from Pentech that is now part of Mercury. Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, Mercury Systems, where it is today, and what are some of the products uh, that are kind of quintessential Mercury Systems Pentech products? Well, Mercury really covers the uh, kind of the spectrum of a lot of military applications, all the way from a huge deployed system, a complete system, down to the component level parts of that system. And uh, we kind of have a uh, we build it, you build it, alternative to offer to our customers. Either we will build the whole system for you, just exactly the way you want it to do your application, or we'll give you the components, the critical building blocks, the boards, the RF components, the sub-assemblies, uh, processors, FPGA boards, and so forth that you need for your system, and then the customer does the system integration. And, and and I had the uh, opportunity uh, over the summer to visit uh, one of Mercury Systems uh, facilities out in Phoenix, Arizona, and it right. was it's fantastic just to kind of see uh, how, on one hand, you know, obviously they're kind of on the leading edge of of the component technology, and and but having to confront issues that are really challenging in terms of volume and in terms of supply chain. Um, kind of building on what you talked about with the the products, you know, for, for what you're showcasing here this week, uh, what can you can you talk a little bit about the value, specific value that Mercury brings to the table when you're talking about things like open systems and supply chain, microelectronic supply chain, with the value that Mercury Systems brings to the table on, on, on those issues? Every customer wants to have the best performing leading edge technology, but they want they want it quickly and they want it to be deployable, you know, and, and to have long life cycles. So for that reason, a lot of our products are based on standards, open standards. And uh, the, the way that you can build with open standards is you can take, a, a say, a board-level product today, replace it with a board-level product five years from now that has advanced technology not available today and not have to replace the whole system but simply replace that board. And, and that's really kind of revolutionary in, in terms of DOD acquisition because you don't yeah. have to go back through and reset requirements or exactly. redefine a, a whole system. It's just a, a small piece that you can uh, change. And you, and you have the flexibility from five years from now <laughs> knowing that it's, you only have to deal with this one small piece. You don't have to deal with this whole system and, and change everything exactly. from, from top and down. Because things change so quickly in, in this technology, it, there has to be a better way than starting from scratch each time, and this is the way to do it by open standards. But, but, but how hard hard is it from an industry perspective? I mean, when you're here at the show, you, you, you think from a, a DOD perspective, there's a lot of volume, just thinking defense. But when you look at it globally and bringing the commercial side, how, how hard is it to stay on top of the technological uh, advancements uh, from a DOD perspective because you're dealing relatively with very small volume of, of components and, and uh, products. So how, how much more difficult is it for Mercury Systems and companies like you to kind of stay on top of where technology is going when you're dealing with some of the limitations of just working with DOD and some of our strategic partners? 
I think every new device has a whole set of challenges that need to be learned by anybody who's going to use it, whether it's a, a commercial application or a military application. Some of the things in the military application space make it a lot more difficult because sometimes environmental issues are far more difficult than they are in the commercial space. So in a lot of cases, what we'll do is we'll, we'll buy commercial components and try to ruggedize them to make them suitable for a you know severe environment. And, and that can be a, a big part of it. And then, of course, it has to be tested. It has to be qualified. It has to be really designed to work under those conditions. And that's, and that's really um, a big difference between the commercial market and, and, uh, and the military market that we serve. Uh, now, in a, our previous segment, I sat down with uh, Colonel uh, Jim Pryor, who's our convention chairman. We talked a lot about the breakout sessions going on this week. Mm-hmm. One of the other aspects that we have going on here are what we call community business meetings. And, and these are uh, not part of the regular agenda, but they're special meetings that we're hosting for communities. And one of those communities is, of course, the SOSA, the Sensor Open Systems Architecture uh, community. You're having a round table at uh, 11 o'clock this morning. Right. Um, could you tell us a little bit about uh, that meeting that you're having, that that panel discussion, and what you hope comes out of that uh, talk later today. And th- this is the SOSA roundtable, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think everybody is seeing the SOSA initiative emerging and and growing in, in terms of its uh, prominence in acquisition activities that are going on by DOD, sponsorship by all of the armed force, all three branches of the armed forces, plus, you know, DOD headquarters itself as a way to achieve this interoperability and long life cycles and lower acquisition costs, shorter development times. Uh, so it's all aimed in the, in the right direction. And I think the more people understand that that mission is going to be good for everybody, not just the government, not just the warfighter, but it also good for the vendor community because it will allow them to align their efforts more towards taming that new technology than trying to figure out what kind of a system architecture they should use to to deploy it. And, and, and it, it will help, uh, in theory at least, it, it'll help the small and medium businesses be a little bit more competitive exactly. in, in the marketplace. Exactly, because one small vendor can have a, a great expertise in a particular RF uh, processing topic or an FPGA algorithm. He can then by participating as a SOSA-aligned or SOSA-compliant uh, product vendor, he can be a component in a larger system that could be integrated by a prime. And the prime will benefit because he'll have that technology ready to go in a standard package that will help him win his, his uh, program business because the SOSA content of his offering is higher, perhaps, than his competitor because of that board that the small vendor gave to him to to help him uh, with with the put the whole system together um, and and so we you know we, I had you uh, on the show I think back in uh, August and then I had dr. Connolly who's your chief mm-hmm. technology officer at the end right. of September and uh, I'm actually going to be talking to dr. Connolly later today um, so we, we were kind of uh, revisiting some of our previous guests which is great because they're everyone's here in person um, but one of the things that we talked about uh, frequently on the on the show actually is is a microelectronics ecosystem that is extremely dynamic and it, we touched on a little bit earlier here but um, it's, it's constantly changing and there's a lot of uncertainty and some risk moving whenever you're looking forward. 
Um, what are some of the challenges and opportunities that you see today that Mercury is kind of trying to be in a position to lead on uh, moving forward? I think we're always trying to go for higher frequencies, higher signal bandwidths, faster data transfers between the, the elements of the system to support the, the more channels that are required, the, the more radio frequency signals that are out there that need to be uh, exploited and captured and acquired and processed. So that, that need is, is growing steadily. With, with the huge amount of traffic that, that needs to be uh, monitored and processed. So the, the, the company that can do that better, you know, uh, is going to win the business because the need is there and the need is not going away and it will never, I can't see in the near future, will, will never go away. We're not going to stop using the radio, the electromagnetic spectrum less than we are today. We're going to be using it more today, more efficiently using more complex waveforms, which require more complex processing, and more encryption, more encoding, more security, which a, a system that's, that tries to de detect it, decode it, decrypt it, uh, that will have then have to be more secure. So it's a constant race between uh, what you need to protect and what you want to exploit from the other side. Great. Well, that, that's all the time we have for this morning. Uh, thank you, Roger, for joining me once again. It's great to have you on the show. And, of course, you're always welcome to, to come back and give us an update, especially on SOSA. Mm -hmm. um, but I do appreciate your time. Ken, it's always a pleasure. Thank you very much. And uh, just to reiterate, we, we have some future episodes coming up today. Uh, we are going to be bringing uh, an episode uh, featuring the SOSA roundtable uh, panel discussion happening later today. That will be an episode. I'm also sitting down with uh, U.S. Air Force Colonel uh, William Dollar Young. He's going to talk about the new uh, U.S. Air Force Spectrum Warfare Wing. Um, and then I will also be sitting down with uh, Dr. Connolly, the CTO of Mercury Systems, uh, for our, our show daily special where we recap the day some of the, and help connect the dots of all the, all the topics that we discussed. So uh, please uh, subscribe to our podcast uh, and follow us throughout the day uh, and, and don't miss any episodes. But, uh, we, uh, but Roger, thanks for joining me on the show today. And, and again, I want to thank Mercury for his sponsorship. Uh, Mercury, in, innovation that matters by and for the people who matter. So thank you for, for joining me. Thanks, Ken. Uh, that will conclude uh, this episode of From the Crow's Nest, our first morning brew session here at AOC 2021. Uh, to stay current on all From the Crow's Nest episodes, uh, please visit us at crows.org slash podcast, and you can subscribe through Apple Podcast, Google, Spotify, or wherever great podcasts are found. And again, if you have not registered and you still want to attend AOC 2021, you can do so. Just simply come to the DC Convention Center, Washington, DC, um, and you can register on site. And for more information, visit our website at crows.org slash 2021 home. Thanks for listening. Fast Labs, powered by BAE Systems, is at the forefront of advanced technology and defense research, development, and production. They're pushing boundaries, breaking barriers, and innovating for a safer world. Check them out at www.baesystems.com/fastlabs.